the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. I learned in my life and my walk with God and watching people over all the years of ministry that if we're not careful, we can allow certain excuses to get in the way that actually hinder us from moving forward. We want to, we desire to, but we have reasons why we do not, and, and we validate those reasons. And that really what, what is, is an excuse is the validation of a reason to do or not do something. You validate it in your mind and in your thinking. Now, when it comes to excuses, all of us have them. In fact, in the Bible, we see lots of people who had excuses that when God came to them and challenged them to move forward, they, they had an excuse why they couldn't do it. I think we all remember Moses. And Moses, after spending 40 years in the wilderness, God comes to him at a burning bush one day, and he says, I want you to lead my people out of Egyptian slavery. And Moses' response was, who am I, God? I can't do this. He had an excuse. I can't speak well enough, and so I need somebody to help me speak. And so here were these excuses that had to be broken down in Moses' life before he could become the great deliverer that he was. And so often we're going to miss the best that God has in store for us if we don't learn how to dismantle, how to break up, how to overcome these excuses. Here's the first excuse that often gets in the way of us going forward in our spiritual journey is the excuse of fearing God's will, being afraid of what God may ask you to do in your life. The fear of God's will is far more prevalent than we often acknowledge. Being afraid of God's will says, I'm not sure that I can really trust what God wants me to do with my life. I'm not sure that I can really give him the control of my life because I don't know what exactly he's going to ask me to do. I don't know what my life would be like if I said yes fully to God. I'm not sure what I would lose or what I would have to give up if I went forward with God at a new level. Will I be rejected by other people? What's going to happen to my life? I'm afraid of doing God's will. I'm afraid of giving him. Here's the key word. What is this word? Control. I'm afraid of really surrendering everything to God. Afraid of God's will. Can I ask you this morning in your own life, are you afraid of giving God a blank sheet of paper for your life and saying, God, whatever you want to do is okay with me? There are a lot of us that would rather fill the paper out first. We say, God, here are the things that I would like for you to do in my life, and if you'll do these things, then I will follow you, but that's not the way it works with God. God says, I want you to first come to me, and you give me the paper, and you let me fill in the details, because I want to be the one in control of your life. I want you, instead of fearing my will, I want you to trust my will for your life. And this fear can be very real. When I was a, a boy, eight, nine, ten years of age, I, my, I grew up in a pastor's home, and so uh, my dad 
was the preacher I listened to every weekend. And oftentimes he would bring in missionaries. They would tell their stories of how they were in some foreign land somewhere eating all kind of strange foods and all kind of weird experiences. And at the end of most missionary presentations, there would be this, this, this challenge to the congregation. Are you willing to give your all to God? Which in my mind meant going somewhere to some place I didn't want to go, eating food I didn't like, and experiencing things that were terrible in my life. And I had this fear, if I ever said, yes, God, whatever your will is for my life, I'm willing to do it. I had a fear as a little boy of saying yes to God's will. I'll never forget the times or the time in life when I got to that place in high school that I came to that point of saying, God, now I'm at a place that whatever you want to do in my life, I'm willing to say yes to it. And what a freeing moment that was for me to move outside of the fearing of God's will to the trusting of God's will. I want to tell you today that you can trust God's will in your life. And I'll tell you why. Because God is good and his will is good. He wants nothing but good for your life. God is for you. He is not against you. And God's plans for you are better than any plan you could ever create on your own. The Apostle Paul wrote about this in Romans chapter 12, verse number two. Listen to how he described God's will. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what? God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The excuse oftentimes is I'm just afraid of going forward with God. I'm afraid to give God everything because I just don't know what that's going to mean. I can tell you what it's going to mean. It's going to mean that which is good and that which is pleasing and that which is perfect. You and I need not fear the will of God. We need to trust the God that cares deeply about us and has the best plans for your life. The second obstacle, the second excuse I want to talk about today is the excuse of personal disqualification, personally disqualifying yourself. Many people fail to move forward with God in life because they've disqualified themselves from the possibility. What I mean by that is they they say, you know what, I've got a lot of stuff in my past and surely God couldn't move me forward. Certainly God doesn't want to use me because I have a lot of failures. I've messed up a lot in my life and, and my track record is not so good with God and certainly God would not want someone like me or maybe I don't have what I perceive to be the right education, or I don't have the right experiences in my background, or maybe I'm going through something right now that seems to be a very difficult set of circumstances. Maybe I I don't feel like I have all the gifts that I need to serve God the way I would like to serve God. Maybe I feel like I'm too young, or maybe I feel like I'm too old. All of these things are ways that we disqualify ourselves. It becomes an excuse. God, I'd love to go forward with you, but, but I've got a lot of stuff in my past. I've got some issues in my life right now. I'm not old enough. I, I'm too old. We come up with all these things that say, God, you certainly wouldn't want me. I want to remind you today of something about God. God is not a disqualifier. God is a qualifier. He takes sinners and he makes them righteous by his blood and by his sacrifice on the cross. He takes people who away from God and brings them close to him. 
God isn't the God of qualifying your life for utilization in his plan and purposes. If anyone could have been disqualified from ever serving God, it was a man in the New Testament by the name of Saul. He's known first as Saul of Tarsus. Let me tell you a little bit about Saul of Tarsus. If you don't know anything about his history or a little bit about his history, Saul of Tarsus was a very religious Jewish man who, who followed the law very diligently, but he hated Messiah. He hated Jesus. He hated Christians. In fact, he was a persecutor of Christian believers. He was the one, as you see in Acts chapter 7, who, who stood by and held the coats of those who stoned Stephen, one of the first deacons of the church. Stephen was stoned as Paul watched or Saul watched them do so and held the coats of those who were picking up the rocks and killing this man of God, this godly man named Stephen. When we meet him again in Acts chapter 9, he's on the way to a place called Damascus, Damascus, Syria. He's going there to persecute believers. And you would have thought that someone like this certainly could never become a Christian. Someone like this certainly could never become one who, whom God could use. And they're like, certainly Saul, the man who had been a part of persecuting and even, even murdering Christians, certainly could never be used by God. But on that road to Damascus... In Acts chapter 9, if you've read the story, you'll remember that Saul is stricken down to the road, knocked down by a bright light. He's blinded, and there in that moment, he has an encounter with Jesus Christ, and he's forever changed. He meets Jesus as Savior and Lord of his life, and Saul of Tarsus becomes who we know to be the Apostle Paul. There are 27 books in the New Testament. Paul, used by the Holy Spirit, is the author of at least 13 of those books of your New Testament. When you pick up your New Testament and start in Matthew and read through Revelation 13 of those books that you'll see in the 27 books of your New Testament, they were, in, they were written, inspired by the Holy Spirit through the pen of this man who we would have perhaps disqualified from ever being used by God. Toward the latter end of his life, he writes to his son in the faith, Timothy, these words, and notice how he describes his own situation with God and God's grace to him. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then notice this next statement, and I am what? The worst of them all. But God had mercy on me. I think we ought to stop there just for a moment and reflect on that. Paul said, I'm the worst of all sinners. Jesus came to save sinners, and I'm the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners then others will realize that they too, that's you and me, others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Let me remind you today, there's no reason to throw up an excuse in your life that says I'm disqualified, God could never use me, no reason for me to go forward because I've already messed up too much. Listen, if God had a future for the Apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus, to move him into the role of being the Apostle Paul, God can use you to do not disqualify yourself. Understand that God is the qualifier, not the disqualifier. Move that excuse 
out of the way. Amen? Here's our third one today, all right? We're walking through five things. The third one is this. It's a big excuse. The opinions and pressures of other people. I would move forward in my life, but I'm kind of concerned about what other people may say about me. If I, if I really go all out for Jesus, I'm really concerned about how my friends are going to respond or how my family might respond. I'm really concerned that people might start mocking me or ridiculing me in some way, making fun of me. They might come into my world and try to discourage me. They may even walk out of my world and reject me. The reason that this is such a hard one to get past is because every one of us in this service today, this is what we want in life. We want to be accepted. We want to be liked. And the more people that like us, the more people that accept us, the better we feel about ourselves. Oftentimes we validate ourselves. We make ourselves feel good about ourselves by the people who like us. So if I'm accepted by a certain group of people, then it raises, unfortunately, the way we're wired oftentimes in our sinful nature, it raises my self-esteem just by being around other people that I admire. And so if I'm in the right group, I feel better about me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. If I'm accepted by the right group, then suddenly I'm supposed to be more important because they like me. Okay. And so this, we validate ourselves on the basis of other people's opinions of us. And here's the problem. When we begin to walk with Jesus, then we begin to listen to the beat of a different drummer. We're not listening to the beat of the culture around us. We're listening to the beat, the heartbeat of God. And so what that means is because the world is going opposite of God, we're hearing a different sound and we're walking in a different direction, which means that we're suddenly different from the world around us. Let me just remind you, if you're going to walk with God, you've got to be willing to be and accept the reality that you're going to be different from the world. You can't be just like the world and be a follower of Jesus because you either live in light or in darkness and one or the other. And so light has no fellowship with darkness nor darkness with light. And so we're different when we follow Jesus, which means that certain people are not going to want to be around you anymore and certain groups that you wanted to be accepted by may not accept you anymore. And so the excuse that happens inside of us, I would follow Jesus more fully if I could be sure that people weren't going to reject me, if I could be sure that all my friends were going to still stay with me, I would be okay, but I'm kind of concerned if I get really serious about my relationship with God, my world and my friendships are going to change. And the truth of the matter is, yes, they will. But here's the important thing to remember. The greatest definition of yourself should not and cannot come from people. The greatest definition and worth you'll ever feel toward yourself comes from the acceptance of God in your life, okay? At, li listen, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when everything's said and done, and Lord willing, next month I'm going to talk about heaven and eternity. We're going to spend some time talking about that. But I want you to know that when you stand before Jesus, he's not going to ask you who your friends were. Oh, you were part of that group. Hey, come on in. 
Oh, you were in the popular group in, in, in school or you were in the popular group in your neighborhood. None of that is going to matter. It's going to be a, a you and him situation. It's going to be about you and your relationship with him. And so the greatest acceptance you'll ever have in your life is not the acceptance that comes from anybody in this world. The greatest acceptance that will ever come to your life is the acceptance that comes from God acknowledging you as a part of his family and you being pleasing to him. No other opinion really matters. Can I say that again? No other opinion really matters. And there will always be people around you that will try to discourage you from going forward spiritually. There'll be friends, there'll be people. The devil will always make sure that there's somebody around you to discourage you, okay? There's a man in Scripture who had to press past the opinions and pressure of other people to get to Jesus. Let's look at his story. He was a blind man. He's sitting by the roadside uh, toward Jericho, and, and Jesus is coming by. And let's see what happens here in this story. When he heard, when this blind man heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus is coming by. He realizes that the Savior, the Messiah, the healer is coming by. And so he starts shouting out, Jesus, son of David, I want a relationship with you. I need you in my life. Have mercy on me, is in essence also asking for the healing of his blindness. But notice what happens next. Many did what? Rebuked him. Rebuked him for what? Rebuked him for shouting out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many, his friends around him, rebuked him and told him to do what? Be, just shut up. You don't need this Jesus thing. Leave him, you don't need this in your life. Just be quiet. But I love this man and I hope that his example will be your, your example and mine, my example today. But he shouted all the more. Don't you love this guy? He says, I don't care if you rebuke me. I don't care if you guys all walk away from me. I'm going to get the attention of Jesus today, okay? Doesn't matter what you guys want me to do. Doesn't matter what your opinion is. I don't care how many times you tell me to be quiet. Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, is coming by, and I, you tell me to be quiet. I'm just going. It just it just ramps up my energy. It ramps up my fire. I'm just going to shout even louder than before. Okay. So he begins to shout louder than before, and notice what happens. He shouted all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped. And said, call him. So they call to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus? asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight. And notice what he did. He followed Jesus along the road. What would have happened what would have happened if this man had listened to his friends? Can I ask you that again today? What would have happened had this man listened to his friends when his friends said, be quiet, don't shout to the master, don't shout to Jesus, cool it down, don't get so fanatical about this thing. What if he had listened, he would have missed the blessing of having his healing in his life, the blessing of following Jesus. Don't let Dear ones, don't let your friends keep you from moving forward. 
Don't let anything in life keep you from moving forward, especially the opinions and the pressures of other people. Number four, got two more to go, okay? Here's our fourth one. Here's another excuse. It's the inability to see a path forward. That's an excuse that we use. What am I talking about there? When you you get, when a person gets into a, a stuck place of life, you may be stuck financially, you may be stuck in an addiction, you may be stuck in a marriage situation, you may be stuck in some realm of life. Whenever you get stuck for a long time and you've tried different things to get unstuck, it's very difficult to see a pathway out. You've tried things, you thought, my goodness, I've tried this before, I I did this and I did that, and nothing seems to have worked, and so I I can't see any path forward. I want to go forward, but I can't see a path forward, and so because you can't see a way forward, it paralyzes you. You're just paralyzed right where you are, and you tend to sort of resign yourself to the situation that you're in because you don't have any clarity. I don't know. I'd like to move forward, but I can't see the path forward. And I want to remind you today that in life, you don't need to see the path. You never need to see a path forward. All you need to see is a step forward. In every experience that I've ever had in life with moving forward in my relationship with God, I've never seen the path But God has always helped me to see a step. See, we want the whole thing laid out for us, don't we? Okay. And how do I understand everything that's going to happen? How do I get out of this? And God comes along and says, you don't don't need to worry about the big path, how you're going to get out. There's a step, one step that I'm going to help you take. And once you take that step, I'll help you take the next step. And before long, your steps will turn into a path of deliverance. For example, if you cannot see a, a, a pathway forward financially, I don't know how I'm going to get out of all this debt that I'm in. I've accrued this debt, and it's like a big weight on me, and I've tried before to to get past it, but I want to go forward. What do I do? God says, just take the step. Sign up for Financial Peace University. That's a step, right? It's not the whole path, but it is a step. You might say, well, you know what? I've got this issue with my marriage. I've not been able to to address this marriage issue. We've worked on it this way and that way and tried this and tried something else, but I can't see my path forward. God says, you don't need to see the path. There's just a step. Sign up for a marriage group. Pick up a Christian marriage uh, marriage group. Pick up a, a Christian marriage book. Begin to go to a Christian marriage counselor that can help you in the process. Take a step because God works in steps. God doesn't work in leaps. Let me say that again. Very important. God will never lead you to take a leap of faith, but he will lead you to take a... Are you hearing me this morning? God will never lead you to take a leap of faith, but he will lead you to take a step of faith, and one step leads to the next step, which leads to the next step, and before long, you find that you have a path that is formed before you. This is exactly what Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my 
path. You got to see where your foot needs to step before there's a path that opens for you. And so God's word is that lamp that gives you the next step to take in your life. Can I ask you today, what step do you need to take? You say, I can't see the path. I've been in this thing for such a long time. I don't know what the path is. Stop worrying about the path and ask God to help you to take the next step. And he will reveal that next step for you in the journey. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.